0: Kitchen. Was that like? What, did you th- instantly think
1: of that bit in Bottom when he falls down the stairs? Hello and a good, good evening. No, I it's, really it's, wish that's, I that's, that's,
0: that's good morning. He's like hello and good morning. Should traffic wardens be armed? In a stoop, and he does, he does like the best stunt fucking fall ever. It's great. Me and Craig is spent one, well I think we spent many a time, there was one night in particular where we were having a few beers and we were rewinding it back and forth to see if it was a stunt double and I was like there's no way like, Rick Mail took that like a champ. Start again but less cheesy. Alright, uh, so this is the first episode of Raptors in the Kitchen in what, nearly a year? Who are you? Uh, I'm Tommy Vass and to my direct left is Paco Rodriguez. Hello. And uh, up from London, a uh, big cameo from uh, Craig Balneve.
1: Oy oy! <laughs> Gosh, uh, you've really, you've really taken to that English accent since you were doing It's not English, like, not at uh, all.
0: I actually can't notice anything about your your accent hasn't changed at all. It's uh, matured like a fine wine. That's right. Or for you, like a cheese. <laughs> you like a cheese, a mature like a fine cheese. Fine, wine little. Is that what is your favorite cheese?
2: Um, everything but blue cheese. Wow. Okay. I don't really, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just too good. that I can't really think. See, when you, like, okay, Paco, when you... I'm not a fan of the Pongy
0: cheeses. I prefer mild, creamy cheeses. Yeah, yeah. You like, a, is that an Applewood? You like an Applewood cheese? Well, you alright. A smoked I like, cheese. I like hmm. Brie. Uh,
2: Would you say that it's brilliant? Oh, God. Not anymore. That's a, is that an IT crowd joke uh, I can't remember I know it's from somewhere but I think it might be a Moss yeah. joke uh, yeah I'm pretty sure it is Moss um, I, I am a, I am a fan of an Edam I must say or a Gouda or Gouda I can never remember mm. how you pronounce it
0: no you like. I remember like you would go into your fridge and there was like a brick of cheese and then when you made yourself a cheese sandwich it was yeah. two dry bits of bread and the fucking craziest amount of cheese in there and I'm like that's so rich how the fuck are you? how's your mouth not just just Rejected it because it's too rich
2: and that is why i have a life expectancy of 42 <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh well you know you've got what nine years left <laughs> <laughs> thanks tom so
1: this isn't our first extended break in a we've already used up return of the rap
0: we have yeah so what we're we going to call this one rap to the future okay, i don't know we'll, we'll think about it in post we'll, we'll sort it in post as they say but um, yeah, this is our first show in, what, a year, or so it's we finally got our shit together, almost. Uh, what do you mean almost? Well, you know, we'll see how it goes.
2: Hopefully we can keep this up uh, weekly. Would it be fair to say there were minor technical difficulties over the course of this?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, like, it started off as minor technical difficulties. Then it was storage then, problems. Then it escalated into just... I don't
2: know major technical difficulties.
0: There was like, there was storage problems. There was the laptop's not very good. You know, Paco went and bought a new uh, whole, like PC just for the show. That's that's true. I think true.
2: The, the technical term for it is a rig. Is that what you call yeah, it? Right. It, that's what they it, call it in the business. You bought a brand new desktop machine, or or and I've just I haven't seen anyone do that in like a decade. So. Yeah. Not like that
0: one complete with fucking disco lights.
2: That's true, actually.
0: Yeah, the hard drive yeah. is like has many disco light features, which it, is... It
1: does look like a, a Fast and the Furious car.
0: Yeah, I remember when you were like, check that out, and I'm like, what's the point in that? And then last time Craig was up, he said the exact same. He was like, well, what is the point in that? And I'm pretty sure when I asked uh, our good pal Neil, he's like, that was like an extra 30 quid for nothing on that thing. And I was like, maybe, maybe. <laughs> okay, but me, it
2: didn't cost me anything extra at all. Was a people I see. I bought the entire thing. I I guess though, you're saying for nothing at all. Have you enjoyed the pleasures of that light show whilst having a few brandies at night time? Uh, not yet. So, but, it's but I do happen, think that the lilac
1: lights in it are really pretty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, uh, Paco doesn't have any brandy, and uh, he, now I think about it, he should have a brandy glass, you know, so he can just. You know, sit there and swirl it like he's you know plotting to take over Gotham or something. Listening
1: to opera music while looking out the window.
0: Yeah, wondering where Craig is.
2: (laughs) London. Yeah, yeah, most likely,
0: most likely. Um, yeah. So it's been a it's been a long time. So a lot of like twenty seventeen was a great year for movies, and we didn't cover a a fucking shit ton of them. So I don't know, mate. We're not gonna we're not gonna go through the whole year twenty seventeen. We were not. No, sorry, Craig. Oh, fuck's sake. sorry. Uh, what we will do is we'll briefly cover because um, because that wasn't that long ago. We'll briefly cover uh, the Oscar movies. Um, did, you Joy. S- did you? You didn't see any of them, did you, Paco?
1: No, Like uh, I've actually been too ill to go to the cinema for months. Yeah, like, okay, you... uh, not like amazingly like a uh, life-threatening health conditions, but like amazingly annoying for everybody else. Just because I had a constant cough for yeah. the past.
0: Seven weeks. Yeah, I know. I remember what. Well, I remember you were keeping see the shape of water, and you're like, I can't go man, because yeah. I'll just annoy. I just everybody. annoy
1: everybody. The mm. same again. That Richard Linklater film. Like yeah. I really wanted to see that, but like I was just coughing every two seconds, mm. so like I would just have pissed everybody off. Which yeah. one are you referring to? Flags. The flag. All the flags. The flags of the, flags the, and
0: flags. The last flag flying, That's which living. actually didn't feature in any of the Oscar. It wasn't up for screenplay, director, acting, nothing. Which. I thought it was a bit of a shame. Uh, I thought um, it was actually a really well made film. I mean, it's a Linklater film, so it's well made, good dialogue, well acted from Carell, Cranston, and Fishburne. So, but, but it just it kind of flew under the radar. It didn't have a lot of. Um, it didn't have a wide release. I don't think.
2: I mean, not not to piss you off, Paco, but is that a good way to frame this? Is like, do you think the Oscars were well deserved this year, Tom?
0: Alright, oh, I thought you were asking him. No, I no,
1: but I, I purposefully just did not pay attention to any of it. No, I know. But I there, think
2: they are absolutely the most pointless things on the fucking planet. Which, which is fine, but I'm just thinking it's a good way to discuss films that we hadn't exactly. got round to discussing. So, <laughs> for example, do you think Gary... Would- Gary Oldman's performance was worthy of an Oscar <clears> this time around.
0: Um, are you talking to me or Paco? Well, Paco,
2: you, I you never just said you, so. you didn't
0: see it. You didn't see it. Okay, so... What was that one called? Darkest Hour.
1: Yeah, right. that was the... I one. mean, like, from the trailer, though, like, I thought his accent was, like, really annoying. I've been told that that is actually kind of what a... Uh, what's his face? Churchill. Sounded like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I... Uh, do I think... When I came out of The Darkest Hour, I thought, yeah, that's fine. He's probably gonna get the Oscar. Um, I then I watched like Phantom Thread, and I actually thought Daniel Day Lewis should have got it because I thought his um, his was a really a really subdued performance, but really quite I don't want to say creepy, just kind of unhinged, but subtly unhinged. Um, but they gave it to Gary Oldman, and I don't want to be one of those guys. Who says oh well, he deserved it. Uh, you know he's given life as life to cinema, and he's given us some great movies. So it's about time he got his dues. Um, he is good in uh, Darkest Hour. He's the best thing about the film. I mean, it's well shot and all that, and it's well made. But he's it's it's his film. He carries that film. Um, yeah, I mean, I I would I would give it to Daniel Day Lewis, but I'm not upset that Gary Oldman uh, that got it.
2: I mean, just in in terms of the film itself, I would say that I thought Darkest Hour was a distinctly average film. It is. I, I didn't. It was neither offensive nor nor am I was I especially blown away by it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did think, as much as I thought Gary Owen was good in it, it was the it had all the hallmarks of being a legacy Oscar. It was for his body of work. The fact that he'd never got one before is why he got it for that film. It's not because of the fact that that one performance was the one that really tipped it over. Yeah, the scales, I mean. You
0: know? And as history's shown, um, the the academy love like British um, wartime dramas as well as um, if it's like a Victorian or royal drama, they, they, King's they Speech. yeah they love that kind of film. I mean, Colin Firth got it for the King's Speech, um, and I wasn't surprised because G- G- Churchill is a you know tr- tremendously um import well important historical figure. depending on how you want to look at it. I mean, one thing I, I there's a lot about that film I didn't realize. I didn't realize like when you watch it that Britain was sucked, was at the brink of surrendering so much and Churchill happened to be the right man at the right time for the right job, but it kind of glossed over the fact that he was also a bit of a prick um, before the fact that he was the Prime Minister.
2: Yeah, but I think... I thought, yeah, okay, Tom. But I think that's not what the story was about. It's that's not. not, what, it's, not that's it's not. why that yeah. was. It wasn't a biopic. It was a snapshot of a of a period yeah, of time in his room. life and a country. Mm-hmm. But um, even despite that, though, you know how much I love that kind of era. I like historical mm-hmm. films. I like it that Same. kind of era. And uh, I thought it had been done a lot more interestingly and a lot more entertainingly many times in the past.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I, if it was gonna, if that film was gonna get anything, it was probably the, the acting Oscar for Gary Oldman. Like you said yeah he's a reliable actor always usually turns in a good performance despite you know he might be in a piece of shit like The Unborn but he's still probably going to be the best thing in it or it's going to be a film that's like yeah it's average but he's he carries it he was absolutely the centrepiece I as I stand by it though I'm happy that he got it uh, I would have still I would have gave it to Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread um, Do they at any point shoehorn in his
1: uh, famous put down uh, I the, don't think so, but there's no. a couple
0: of times where he is just a cheeky bugger to folk. Yeah. Um, so like,
1: you know the line I'm talking about. Yeah, where, yeah, 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 uh, I may be drunk, but in the morning I'll be sober, and you'll still be ugly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, classic. It is classic. Classic Churchill. Yeah. Um, so an average man in the
0: pub would hit would be? That's 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 true. <laughs> um, Oscar, like, so is the question that. Is that what do you think? I mean, well, I mean okay. I, I what would, about? Um, I would
2: probably agree. I mean, I can't claim to have seen, I've seen a decent amount of the Oscar-worthy films this year, but I can't claim to have seen them all. Was Get Out this year? Yeah, I, yeah well, it was, and I hadn't seen that. It was yeah, yeah, it was in the nominations this year. Um, Heavily tipped to be a surprise dark horse, and it didn't actually quite make it. I again,
0: um, sorry, carry on.
2: Sorry, <clears> but all, all I was going to say was I just agree with you in the sense that. Out of the two options you gave me there, um, as much as I thought Phantom Thread was a very interesting, if um, pretty opaque film, um, I wouldn't. Have, I would have probably said Daniel Day performance was better. It was a lot more nuanced than Gary Oban's Yeah. But again, Gary Oban got it because he deserved it for past roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, when
0: I was thinking about this, I was like, well. What would I have... If it's like, okay, so say I, he didn't get it for this film, what would I have awarded it for him? Say I... Out of all his body work, what would I have gave it to him for? I'm like, well, I, I don't know if one in particular stands out. He's always good, you know? Even if it's in, like, silly fun, like The Fifth Element, he's really good in it. Um, I recently watched the ham sandwich of a film, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and he is excellent in it, even though the rest of it is... The most ham-fisted fucking thing I've ever seen, uh, and that was there's, a, there's like But it was great. There is some
1: charm to that film. Like even oh, Keanu I'm, Reeves, like is unconvincing of a mm-hmm. English nobleman as he is. Yes. Like a, there's still something about his performance which is kind of like.
0: Watch, it, it's strangely watchable it's just no that's like I had this conversation with uh, my mate is Anthony Hopkins Van Helsing he it? is and oh fuck he chooses he chews that scenery like nobody um, again I, I said this to him, I, this is the first time I watched it in about 10 maybe even the first time I watched it as an adult I can't mind the last time I seen Bram Stoker's Dracula but it came up on Netflix I was like oh well fair play to Gary Ullman might as well stick this on I always remember enjoying it uh, but it is it's just it's like the really old hammer-horror films of that year where like, a lot of the actors were theatrically trained so were very over-the-top and whatever. But the film is extremely watchable, but it is so cheesy and so it's, it's ham-fisted. Been, it's
1: been a long time since I've seen it.
0: There's so many like folk they... in it as well. There's like Gary Oldman, Keanu Reeves, Winona Ryder, Carrie Olds, Anthony Hopkins, Monica Bellucci in a really like small oh, really? cameo role. Yeah, is she like I'm one sure. of the
1: three vampire women? Yep, the...
0: that's right. Um, and oh, there's someone uh, Richard E. Grant and uh, Tom Waits is not it as well so you're like oh yeah fair
1: enough but like, again, it's been like a long time since I've seen the, the movie but uh, I still remember the last time I read the book and like just was really distracted by the fact that like it was obviously written before they really understood how blood transfusions worked right. so, like blood transfusions were a thing I guess at that point because like Obviously, not everyone's blood is compatible, but in that book, it's just like, oh, just fucking everybody have a go. Just, yeah, just blood is everybody's blood. Everybody's blood's just go for it. Just go. It'll yeah. work
0: out fine. Yeah. But um, I, uh, I don't know. Like uh, There's a film that Gary Mo- Gary Owen did called State of Grace, which is a really great and underrated film that nobody talks about, mainly because it was released the same week as Goodfellas, so it died a death. Uh, and then I watched Sid and Nancy as well, which he's excellent in as uh, Sid Vicious. So it's, it was hard to pick... A, a Gary little, Oldman film. I'm like, that's his Oscar film. Because I'm like, no, he's he's good in
2: all, all his films, but for different reasons. There's a, there's a, there was a lot of chat, if you remember, about him potentially getting the Oscar for um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy as again, well. Very good performance. And, and I, but again, I think that's the point. It just is the... There's few actors out there that have the range of Gary Oldman, you mm-hmm. know, the ability to play someone like George Smiley and also fair enough earlier on his career, but play people like the guy from Leon or Sid and Nancy or, or True or Romance or Mission Romance. Or, 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 or but again like and that's back to the other end, the kind of very staid, serious kind of roles, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and
0: the one man that didn't know who Batman was, but it was so goddamn obvious.
1: <laughs>
0: like I mean, obviously it's like, you're the you're the chief of police and you can't fucking see it. Whenever you're talking about
1: Gary Oldman, you need to bring up his. Small part in True Romance as well. well
0: yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. man. so,
1: you uh, seen that? No. Where actually. he's like a kind of rastafarian, rastafarian. drug
2: dealer. Uh, do you know, I think I seen it. There was some video I must have caught on YouTube. I think about Gary Oldman's best roles. I or something.
1: think we were talking about this the last time you were here, and I put the clip on, but we didn't
2: really pay attention to it. Quite possibly, yeah, like yeah. so.
0: Yeah, but um yeah, um what other? So, best picture. Um I thought Three Billboards was going to get it. I was happy The Shape of Water got it because they're both excellent films uh, for different reasons. And we were talking about Get Get Out earlier. I think honestly, I, I thought Get Out was only fine. A, a horror film, a horror thriller in the Best Picture and all that categories is is something else. But I honestly thought I know that the film has got a big political statement, especially with how things are in America just now. But as the film for what it is, I didn't think it merited a Best Picture nomination nor screenplay, nor actor, or nor director. so And but, it ended up winning Best Original Screenplay, which mm-hmm. I I was kind of shocked at. I was like, really, I honestly didn't think it was going to get into That was a
2: pretty competitive category as well, yeah. from what I remember. There was mm-hmm. a lot going on there, unusually, this year. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, as, 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 as someone who's not seen either Shape of Water or Get Out, I can only really comment on three billboards in that race. Yeah. And it is an excellent. It is an excellent film. Like um, it's uh-huh. uh, uh, I know there was a lot of controversy about the um, Sam Rockwell <laughs> the supposed rehabilitation of his character, but I think to play him anything other than the way they played him would have made it far too black and white and simplistic. Yeah, I thought the they to to make to make him out as just because he's done horrible things doesn't mean he's not doesn't mean he's only capable of doing horrible yeah. things. Yeah. Um, and every no one no nobody ever th- really believes that they themselves are a bad person no. so they will o- often try and better themselves in mm-hmm. whatever twisted way in which um, his character does do it in the end yeah so um i don't i don't have any problem with that but i do, i do think that played to some of the 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 um sensitivity that goes mm-hmm. at, that's going around a, a lot at the moment um and again, kind of what you're talking about with Get Out as well. I've not seen it, but it certainly has captured this, for lack of a better term, captured the zeitgeist of that whole th- the way that mm-hmm. the culture uh, is in America at the moment as well. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot to unpack. There was a lot going on. There.
0: I was um, I was as soon as I came out with three billboards, I knew Frances McDormand was going to win that Best Actress Oscar. I was like, it's hers for the taking. She's
2: a, she's a powerhouse in that film. Yeah. She's, yeah she...
0: Sam Rockwell, I was very happy. He that was his first nomination and is is he won it, and I was like, yep, absolutely deserved it. I thought he uh, played an absolute blinder. One of my favourite actors. I love everything I've seen yeah. Sam Rockwell, and I thought I think he's been tremendous. He is excellent. Um, so I was happy that him and Frances McDormand got it um, for three billboards. Um, I think that's that was f- another acting Oscar. I was actually really happy to see was uh, Alison Jannings for uh, I Tonya just because I real we all, we've all enjoyed the West Wing. Uh, for What yeah, you yeah. see because you're not quite finished at Paco. Well, where were you? What like season?
1: Halfway through season four, but like now. Oh my God. We no longer have the DVD box
0: set
2: because I think Craig took it back. Yeah, Craig. Uh, and it's no longer on Netflix and stuff like that. So
0: it's all right, Neil's got it. I'll get it off him.
2: It's on. It's on. It's on Sky. I don't think it is. Okay. I'm, I think it,
0: it might be. It might be in the box set. I'm pretty sure. Like I took
1: another notion to continue watching it not that long ago, and couldn't find it on anything that we've got. I think no. And we've got access I was... to
0: Sky, Amazon Prime, and Netflix. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Because I said to you, well, let's watch some West Wing. I'm up for that. But yeah, we couldn't find it. I'll get it off Neil. It's fine.
1: Uh, I mean, I'll just get it legally.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, um, <laughs> uh, again, I thought the Alison <clears throat> Jan. I was like, again, I'm like, it's hers for the taking. Um, I, I Tonya, turned out to be a surprise, surprisingly really good film. It was a very mixed bag of um, almost kind of mockumentary meets um, bumbling caper film. Uh, I thought Sebastian Stan was really great in it. Um, I thought, like, when Alison Janney got it, I was like, yep. And if she didn't get it, I thought maybe um, Laurie Metcalf might have got it for Lady Bird. Uh, because, again, she was excellent in that as well. Maybe not as good as Alison Janney, but she wasn't far off it. Uh, again, Lady Bird's was supposed to be a dark horse of a film. Uh, I really enjoyed it. If I was a 15-year-old girl, it would be my favourite movie because um, that's very much what it kind of is. It's it's showing the life of like a, a mid-teens uh, girl going through high school, going through all these things. And it's, it's not like Napoleon Dynamite where it's about nothing. It's obviously about something, but it's like a kind of just showing these events in a really kind of
2: comical and, you know, kind of tugs-at-heartstrings way. Uh, See, coming of age film, I guess. I I've I've not seen that one either, Tommy. But the one thing I do know about it, as well as the, the reputation of being a good film, is that um, it might speak to. Obviously, we we're, we're not. Like um ghetto's on American, but yeah. we uh, it's it's a period piece which is actually set essentially essentially Lady Bird Lady Bird would be the same age that we are if if it was yeah, really existing. Yeah. So did did you reckon some of that played into your enjoyment of the film? Or I like? just
0: I just thought it was a really well made film. It was uh, really well acted. Um It was uh, I thought Saoirse Ronan was really good. Laurie Metcalf was really good. Everyone was decent. Everyone played their part part really well. Um, and the fact that i'm a <laughs> yeah it was set in 2003 and the fact that i'm a 33 a year old male i it didn't it didn't i didn't not not enjoy that. it didn't encroach on my enjoyment of the film i was like yeah 2003 i remember that it was a it was a different time and whatnot and yes i wasn't a, a girl that grew, that grew up in american high school etc but I, it still it was a very funny um I don't. It wasn't tragic. It was funny. It was like just a, a really good kind of dark drama piece. Uh, piece
2: at the same time, it like had nice comedy to it. Um, I guess the question I'm asking is, um, you think you think it's a good film, but do, do you think anything was added to it as a result of it being kind of nostalgic? Uh, um, I didn't find too much nostalgia in it at all. I just yeah,
0: it's like well, they they talked about certain things in, that happened in you know two thousand three, and I was like yeah, that's fine. But again, I just what did happen in two thousand three? uh well there a lot a lot of it they talk about after like well it does, there's no emphasis on it. it's pre it's post 911 it's kind of they talk about like there's a there was a lot of, there's changes in certain things but as i said the film is mainly focused on this girl <laughs> ladybird and her going through high school and you know having relationships with boys having a a kind of fractured well not fractured relationship but a shaky relationship with her mum um what she wants to aspire to be what you know what she doesn't want to aspire to be you know things like that it was just it was it was just a good kind of coming of age film um, i didn't think it was going to win anything sarah Ronan's really good in it but I, I was like no frances mcdormand's winning that actress you know i didn't think it was going to win writing or pictures based on the other films that were nominated in the, the several categories that were um, is yep. there anything else
1: notable, so notable worth talking about from the Oscars? Uh,
0: yes, uh, the fact that Roger Deacons won Best Cinematography mm. is absolutely oh,
2: Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, was it? it was something like his twenty first nomination without was, a win or something. It was like something
0: that. like that, and I was like, man. I, again, I was like, well. I was like man get out I nominated for best picture but Blade Runner didn't Do you know I, you what
1: know. we did not mention Blade Runner before the show at all about something potentially to talk about mm. but like out of all the films we did not cover in the past year Blade Runner is possibly the best one I've seen uh, that yeah. movie is fucking great and he yeah. deserves like whatever recognition he got for that best because cinematography because I like as I said to you in the past Tom man like Blade Runner twenty forty nine completely raises the bar for that stuff. But oh. like the first two thirds of that film, every single shot is fucking absolutely incredible. Absolutely.
0: Again, I, there was there was talk of like he wasn't going to get it because uh, the there was again there was like there might, there was talk of on the internet and of other folk about it might be in a political mo- move where the first ever uh, female cinematographer was nominated. The um, cinematographer for Mudbound was nominated for uh, in the cinematographer category, and. They were like, well, maybe it'll be a political move, and someone will get that. Um, but with Deacons, I was like, they cannot deny him this. They can't. Um, but yeah, you're right. One of the films that I, do uh, you know what? We'll cover it. We we will yeah, do we go will go do back. an ep about Blade Runner Twenty Forty Nine because I don't think I've ever been to the film uh, to the cinema to see a film five or six times within the space of a month because I was so fucking blown away by it. Is it's... that out on Blu-ray yet? Is oh, it's it out on yet? Blu-ray, absolutely. I keep seeing it in the shot. is like, DVD, kind of a, a dead tech, you know, everything. And you can download it or stream it or whatever. And it's the only time in the last, I can't remember how many years, but I'm like, I, need, I want to own that DVD because it's not just one of the best films of last year. It's a modern classic, in my opinion. In, on every single level because it's okay. a film where it's it surpassed expectation and wasn't just a rehash of the first film which you see a lot of with yeah. sequels these days. It was a complete. It, it opened was, up the world. It was a proper
1: sequel. Like yeah. it kind of, it knew what made the first one special and added to it. Like it was a total. It was an actual continuation. It yeah. didn't just retread old ground. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I I don't think it's any secret that like I wasn't a huge fan of the original Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, like we watched it again more recently, like maybe three or four months ago, maybe a bit longer. I'm it not was sure.
0: it was longer than that because um, it was it was after we watched Ghost of the Shell, right? But like, <laughs> and, my
1: appreciation of it definitely increased after that viewing of it. But like I still think that once you get past how pretty the original Blade Runner is, there's not enough there to actually make it a good film. I uh, whereas like Twenty Forty Nine made me appreciate the original Blade Runner even more. Yeah. kind of retroactively. It just uh, it,
0: it opened up the world in so many ways. I mean, it because in twenty seventeen or twenty six, well, it was obviously shot in twenty sixteen, but it was that way where we're in a world of technology now where you can make you, you've got so much you can do to make things just look so great. And again, I was saying I was in terms of the Oscars, that was the one thing I was really hoping for because you know if Deacons has made so many beautiful looking movies over the years. And it was just like this. So what else ha- has he done? Oh, it's Sid and Nancy*, *Skyfall*. Um, right. I think he did Spectre, Um I mean, like none of those. I, I've never seen Sid and Nancy*, but the, the Bond ones you just mentioned don't particularly stand
2: out for. Oh, I, I don't know. I about think that. *Skyfall* I mean, looks Sky, great. *Skyfall* has got a few very like, yeah memorable really shots, <laughs>
1: like the the one where like the the, where, like, the, uh, the assassin, the sniper, like next to like the the kind of neon billboards, and, yeah, and so yeah. it's all selected and stuff. Definitely there's, like, one or two memorable shots, but, like, I don't remember most of it being...
0: The the, bit, the third act where it's, like, oh, kind of, like, Home Alone, where it's just the, the light, all you can see is just the fire, and it's, like, pitch black, and you see, like, um, Javier Bardem and Bond, like, kind of squaring off. I, just, it, I don't know, I just think D, it was... Put this, I was just happy Deacon's got it, especially yeah. for Blade Runner. Cause Did you see
2: Blade Runner 3? So, I was kind of waiting for my turn, because I was waiting for you guys to um, wax lyrical about it for me to then say... It was see shit. That, see... So I was kind of like you, Paco, in the sense that the first one I found, for one thing, I never, in all all honesty, I never actually got around to ever watching it properly until the day before I went to see 2049. Mm. Um, And I found the first one quite underwhelming. And then when I went to see the second one, maybe I didn't give it long enough to settle in, maybe a whole range of different things kicked in there, but I found the second one equally underwhelming. I think the what you described as the way you described the first one about how very pretty, try try to do a lot of stuff philosophically, but at the same time, I felt you found it quite kind of bereft of any ideas. I, I thought the same could be said for the second one as for, as uh, right. for that for the second one as, as the first one. Um, I'm willing to have my mind changed. I'm willing yeah. to give them both another shot. I'm not like being fundamentalist about about it, but um, I I just don't get it. Like I, I,
1: really enjoy like a noir style detective stories and stuff. So like the first one, I definitely has a bit of that, but like it's kind of never, it never really fully commits to it. I think, but like the the second one, definitely like it feels like a detective movie from start to finish, and like has enough in there. Like a lot of people kind of said they kind of saw where it was going like long before any reveals happened, but like Shade. I, I didn't. I like I certainly. Was on the fucking roller coaster firmly for that whole thing, you know. Like kind of, I, I thought I was ahead of the curve, like a uh, suspecting what I did. Like obviously I'm obviously trying not to spoil it just here, which might be annoyingly vague. Uh, <laughs> but see, like, see. yeah, like I I, I kind of I think
0: I rode that lane that the director intended for mm-hmm. the whole plot. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Blade Runner was just so well done. Even the trailer was so well done because it gave nothing away. You had an idea. I mean, I had a brief. I was like, right, well, and I, I discussed with uh, uh, Lee McPherson um, of uh, Monster Closet and friend of the podcast. Uh, like, and uh, me and him have had many discussions about that film um, before and after, um, and I'm still in all of it. Like, I as I said, I watched it five times at the cinema, and I came out with something different. Not different as in. How the film goes, because I, I again, I can't understand how folk it was deemed confusing uh, by a lot of U.S. audiences. Where I'm like, it's not confusing at all. I deem, I deem, I came out of it thinking about just something I hadn't thought about uh, from the past, um, like from the third or the fourth time I seen it. Um, but yeah, incredible. Uh, anyway, so that was that was my main thing about the Oscars. It was Deacons. I was really happy he got it. Um,
2: is is there is there anything else that we want to talk about? Like the vast swathes of time since we had a last podcast, Um or do we want to move on to upcoming events? Well, yeah,
1: like we should probably just skip to uh, skip to the end. Yeah, skip to like the more recent stuff because okay. like everybody who is at all interested in movies has probably heard a billion different opinions about the Last Jedi. They don't need. Mm-hmm. Three more people telling everybody that yeah. it's shit. Me and uh, again, <laughs>
0: Lee, me and Lee McPherson did a supplement one for um, the Monster Closet, so that'll probably be still kicking about. Yeah, link, that's,
2: link in the description, maybe like to that yeah. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: but yeah, you should. That's the only opinions you need to listen to, as far as the Last Jedi goes. Is those, is that episode not Paco's unbelievable, fucking hang of it's it's shit. Just saying it's shit, unreal. Anyway, let's go. To, News, news, um, Venom. We all seen the trailer for that. Where Venom's not in it. It's just Tom Hardy shaking about a lot. Doing it's a teaser much. fucking trailer. Yeah, they the Venom isn't it? Yeah, we just didn't see the trailer. Yeah, you do.
1: He, no, he's not in it. Yeah, you see, like there's a shot where there's like some business-looking dude standing in front of a capsule that's got like black stuff in it that undulates in a really unnatural way. That is not. That's the symbiote. Hi, but it's not Venom. Well, what about the end where you see the face that looks like the cover of a Disturbed album from way back? A <laughs> Disturbed album from way back.
0: Well, anyway, one of the reasons, like, new reports have been saying the reason you don't see Tom Hardy in the full Venom suit is because um, it suge- there's suggestions that as the film goes on, come the end is when you're going to see him in the full suit. It's like, as as Eddie Brock is going through his story, you're going to see, like, the symbiote, like... like Going through the veins in his arms, and it's going to be a gradual process where he becomes. I mean, like in the trailer, suit. you see
1: it going up his neck.
0: Well, the reports are that you're going to see him in full venom suit come the end of the film when he's fighting the villain who is apparently a, is a scientist who's also infected with the symbiote. Which was why I was going to ask you, Paco, who's Carnage? Uh, well, this is quite interesting
1: considering Jessica Jones season two's just been you know, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doctor, mm-hmm. he is carnage.
0: Huh. Oh, well there you go.
1: Um. <laughs> or he is—he is at one point. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. not now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because they fucking killed him. Spoilers mm-hmm. for Jessica Jones season two. <laughs> My <laughs> is that god, that just came out. It has yeah. just came out. Yeah. That's bad, he's, he is a bad guy in a superhero pot. Come I mean, on, they could have stretched another series. Yeah,
0: yeah. There uh, are folk that haven't seen all of Jessica Jones. They're not like me and you where they've got nothing else to do but binge on Netflix.
1: Yeah, like uh, he like Carnage is actually like a, a few different people in the same way that like uh, the Venom symbiote was on Spider Man at one point before it was on Eddie Brock. Like uh, Carnage has had more than one uh, host as Hosts, well. Yeah. But like yeah, that Doctor was one of them. Uh, as far as I'm aware, though, like the the main like the the kind of the first incarnation of Carnage is. Like some kind of mental institute patient, some guy with kind of psychological problems.
0: Okay, well. though that might be toxin, I'm not sure. Apologies for uh, the Jessica Jones spoiler there, folks. Um, But to
2: be fair, it was just alright. So even though. Sorry, sorry, just just like um, about that though. I'm a bit confused because I'm I'm not I I'm a I'm a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I've not really watched any of the series that have been on Netflix any of the kind of Daredevil You've not seen Daredevil or that? No, I've not.
0: But Shit man, get on that. Well okay. not Jessica Jones though. That's that's done for you. Yeah, yeah, I mean there's no <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but watch no, Daredevil one and two. <laughs> at but, least.
2: Um so I guess my question is how mu- how interwoven is the T are the T V series to the cinematic universe? Oh like they're like not... No, really. at all. They, they, like mentioned, the, they mentioned the incident. Apart from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, that, that one, like, again, I've only seen
1: bits of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But, like, the movies don't acknowledge that the TV shows have happened at all. Okay. But then, when it comes to the TV shows, they quite often reference what happens in the movies. Yeah, at yeah. one point, so like,
0: in, in Daredevil, they talk about the incident referring to what happens in Avengers Assemble in yeah. New York. Yeah. Also, the fact that all the Defenders are in New York at some point. Place or another. It's like Daredevil's in Hell's Kitchen, Luke Cage's in Harlem. Um, I can't mind. Jessica
1: Jones is also Hell's Kitchen.
0: Yes. Uh, and um, Iron Fist is. F- Who fucking, fucking cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like Danny Bland. Yeah, Danny Rand, who cares? Uh but yeah, so it's like but the thing is. But these like, like Venom so, and
1: that weren't in the T V shows, like my knowledge of that comes from the nineties Spider Man animated no, TV. No, yeah, I show. got
2: that, but just because you were the one who was talking about the the potential crossover between Jessica Jones T V series and the Venom movie, that's yeah. why in yeah. my head I was thinking, All oh, right, well does that mean how no. that this this
1: isn't a this isn't part of the MCU, though, is it? Cause no. Like, um, Sony are the ones that have the rights to Spider-Man and Venom but is a Spider-Man no, but, character.
2: But again, no, you'll notice at the beginning of the trailer, much like Spider-Man Homecoming, because um, Sony wants some of that big, big sweet dollar signs that Marvel have got, Which and, they can't, and they can't make a Spider-Man movie for themselves for shit, then they, they, it's, it is now... Certainly, obviously, Spider-Man Homecoming was mm. part of the MCU, but it's still half-owned by Sony. Yes, yeah, like the so shares. Is, is that the case
1: well. with this, though? I'm.
2: But I'm sure there's a Marvel. I'm sure there's a Marvel. Well, there was, there was always a Marvel.
1: Scene. Well, it's always a Marvel. Okay, uh, logo it's
0: on. it's not yeah. it's not official MCU canon, but Peter Parker will be in Venom. Like Tom Holland is on the cast list. Tom well, Holland then, is in Venom. He, so it's, that he, makes he, it kind of. Well, you've got, you've got yeah. it's got to be part of the MCU yeah. then. Yeah. Right? yeah well, so, they're saying it's not official canon, but it's that way. Sony and Marvel have like a deal where it's like, yeah, we need Spider-Man for this amount of film, So who knows. Tom Holland's Spider-Man might go back to Sony and then they bring in Venom and him into a re-re-re-reboot of Spider-Man, so who <laughs> fucking knows? But anyway, so, I, I mean, I'm still looking forward to Venom. It's, it might, it, hopefully it's something different. The fact that Tom Hardy's attached is exciting. Ruben Flesher's the director who did Zombieland. I like Zombieland. I tell so you what, I though, like
1: if this ends up a fight between Venom and Carnage, that has the potential to be a CGI clusterfuck mess just yeah. like a total you know
2: unwatchable piece of shit like well but the, the problem that, the, like, so the problem is though there's nothing wrong with having CG characters fight each other as long as it's done well and it pays attention to the character moments of the scene and not the spectacle of it right well, that's a problem that DC films have over like, like Marvel and Marvel Marvel. Yeah, but but Marvel gets it right more often than it gets it wrong. Whereas um, DC is the reverse,
1: or at least makes it entertaining.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's like, and even and even the one, arguably the one good D- oh, DC extended universe fil- film, Wonder Woman, ends badly because yeah. of that. Right. Yep. Whereas, um, uh, and what this is what I'm getting at in terms of the in terms of the CGI, just because it's two CGI characters fighting each sure, other doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be bad because of that it just means yep. that you're going to have it's going to be the, the end of civil war fair enough they're not mega CGI but they are but they are, there's a lot of CGI at the end of that fight but you care about it because of the way the character has been built yeah. up and the fact that the character uh, Arc of the film is portrayed throughout the fight scene. Never mind throughout, yeah. up until the build up of it. But then you so it's sorry, played yeah. for the character. Anyway, and then you, then
0: you but then you've got that like the very very last fight scene, which is just Bucky, Cap, and Iron Man. That's that's what I'm talking. Yeah, about. and just the fact that you have that revelation of what of Iron Man now having to fight the Bucky or wanting to fight him is, is great. But yeah, there's. I mean, I I rewatched Doctor Strange, which is a big kind of special effects thing, but it's not your typical clusterfuck. Um, CGI uh, fight. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of CGI, it's just not that kind of messy fight scene yeah. thing. I mean, like, I think we re watched Ant Man, I think the three of us watched that together, and again, Ant Man's got a really fun uh, fight scene at the end, whereas you look at Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and it's just uh, fucking, yeah, yeah. it is just, bleh, like, all over the place. Not, again, I liked Guardians 2, but it was, it was nowhere near as entertaining as the first one, but it's just CGI here, blah, blah.
2: It's kind of, it's kind of they followed the Black Hawk down way to do action, which is just, I've no idea what's going on for the entire thing, <laughs> yeah. and then somehow at the end, an ending occurs. No. Um... Anyway, so I I digress.
1: The ending ending happens to you. (laughs) Um,
0: You were talking about like possible, hopefully Venom is not a shit show. Recently, um, there was early screenings of Deadpool 2 and it was not well received. Oh wow, okay. It was a few weeks ago, it was not well received at all. So there was then weeks of reshoots and additional material for a major cameo in the film. I'm gonna say McAvoy or Hugh some, Jackman or mm, don't know,
1: don't know. Uh, does this take place after Logan? Well, we don't no, know. No, it either. can can it because Logan's in the future. Ah, Logan's in
0: the future. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, so again, I, I liked Deadpool. I wasn't as stoked about it as everyone else, and I hope it does well. But I liked the trailer for it. But I I didn't I didn't see that coming. I was like, Nah, Deadpool two is almost like a certain moneymaker.
2: I thought the trailer um, it. a, It's a certain moneymaker, but it's a fine line between... What they did the first time round was a nice, refreshing change. They gonna—they have to kind of... It's a, it's a very fine line between doing that and being to, so smug up its own arse that it just alienates people. Mm. Um, and so... I, can, I, I want Deadpool 2. I really liked the first one, probably more so than you did, Tom. I really liked... Yeah. I'm really yeah. looking forward to the second one. I can see a very easy route to being going very badly wrong.
0: Well, yeah, its it's kind of like... I remember seeing the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy and thinking, mm, the MCU, I don't know, this might be their first. And it was fantastic, whereas Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I was like, yeah, I enjoy these characters, it just wasn't as good as I enjoyed the first one. Much like, I would say, Avengers, I thought, you know, Assemble's really good, uh, Ultron, not so much, Deadpool... I couldn't believe the fact that the the viral marketing for that film was unbelievable, and it paid off in dividends, especially at the box Dividend. office. Dividends, yes. Not dividends. <laughs> dividends, sorry. I, yeah, I, yeah, okay. Dividends. Um, so this one again, the, I like the trailer, but I, I've, I'm. It's gonna Deadpool Two is gonna happen. I'll watch it, but I.
2: I'm not stoked for it. I like the way you say that. Deadpool, does, Deadpool 2 is gonna happen, whether we like it or not. With yeah, the I, I'm like, it's it's gonna it's gonna
0: happen that week and I'm gonna be like, yeah, I'll go watch it, but I'm not like as stoked to see it as I am, say, Infinity War.
1: I just hope that it doesn't uh, I just hope it doesn't kind of come out and be like as completely fucking generic is like the first one was plot wise. Like as much as there was a lot of good humour and stuff in Deadpool One. Mm-hmm. Like the story was again just like, you know, he has uh antagonist and a girlfriend and the antagonist kidnaps the girlfriend and he has to rescue her. Like you cannot get any more straightforward than yeah, that. Yeah, but it
0: was like it was it was the humour of the film that really had everyone Because I mean you yeah, yeah, like,
1: just be a bit more adventurous with storylines. There's also my problem with a Black Panther and a Dr Strange' mm. like these films are like really visually distinct they have a chance to do something different and then they just have the
2: most generic plots. It's so, like yeah be- being
1: like visually distinct is um, not enough
2: to, it, like, I, if- I, I would I would so again I mean we'll probably talk about Black Panther a bit more depth later we on, will. but um, the one and the one thing I'll say before we get there is that I think f- you could argue that the MacGuffin the kind of impetus for the last act, is quite generic, but the actual plot that gets you there is quite interesting and quite is quite different. I think like if you were just to
1: ask MD to write down a standard superhero plot, you could write out the plot for Black Panther from start to finish without having seen anything about it.
0: Well Well uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk we'll talk. Like, later, yeah. Well, yeah. you're talking about Doctor Strange and Black Panther. The thing you gotta remember, right, is like we're, we're coming to Infinity War, which is ten years of Marvel. A ten year storyline that's gonna come to, you know, Um, it's going to come to its finale. Now, the thing when like someone is hired, like when Marvel hire a director or writer like Ryan Coogler for Black Panther or Scott Derrickson for Doctor Strange, right? Right. Listen, you're going to direct this, but this is what you need to do. These are the certain stages of this character to get to here, because we've got this big thing about the Infinity Stones. So all of this has to happen. You just need to connect the dots. And you can write it how you want, but you have to include these things, which, think, which is
2: true. But i not for the fact that I did hear an interview with Ryan Coogler recently, and and he says that that was pretty much not the case for Black Panther, because you because you could watch Black Panther, and and it's like it's probably the most separate from all the other Marvel yeah. films. It barely there's barely any mention to any other Marvel uh, MCU shenanigans taking place. You know, there's yeah. no mention of Infinity Stones. There's uh, the only real other extended character that's in it is um, Martin Freeman. Freeman's character. But like, I so, mean, there, like, there's
1: a few references, obviously, to the part in
2: a uh, Civil War where the yeah, of yeah, yeah. But what I mean is like so minimal it. compared yeah. to other ones. Like, th- and even that though, the ending of it doesn't really, isn't necessarily has to take place in order for Infinity War to take place. You know, yeah. so mm. that that's what I'm getting at. Obviously, we okay. won't do spoilers and stuff. But
0: yeah, well. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of uh, Doctor Strange, uh, Cumberbatch was recently interviewed, obviously doing publicity for Infinity War, about a possible sequel. Uh, Doctor Strange came out in um, 2016 uh, on a $165 million budget and made $677 million worldwide, but there is no sequel as of yet. They're like, mm, we don't know yet. There's there's no word he, on it. He is like a,
1: a harder character to write, though.
0: Because like, he is like
1: instantly one of the most powerful characters they've got. Mm hmm and just one of the most unorthodox like you know to to show him at his best like is something that i think you need the the kind of camouflage of a comic to really pull off like yeah. when you see it moving in a film it's a lot harder to just you know suspend your disbelief than it is to like kind of let your imagination do the work in yeah. comic
0: panels there's a lot to like as i said rewatching doctor strange like the the time from him being a surgeon to having his accident to becoming like a super magician like nothing yeah. Time passes very quickly for that. But given the character, you, you have to rush that because you've got to tell that origin story as well as have the plot of a, of a main villain in it and then have his place uh, in the Marvel Universe. Um, and again, I, as I've said before, Doctor Strange is fine. It's, it sits there nicely as in, yeah, it's a fine Marvel film. It's it's all right. You know.
2: on, on top of that as well, Tom, I mean, I think... Not so much for Doctor Strange because this is the first time we've ever seen him on the big screen, but... Um, the because of the amount of times we've seen a Batman, a Spider-Man, Spider-Man, a Superman origin story, the appetites for origin stories in general is very low these days, mm-hmm. hence why you have to kind of quickly go through it. Yeah. The one, But again, I, I guess it does bleed into the idea that, so the, bi- the big kind of, obviously as you say, a fi- Infinity War, we've probably all seen the trailer now, mm-hmm. both trailers now. We will get to We will get to yeah. that. But all I will say is that, the the big, because it is the crux the big finale mm-hmm. of this 10 years then all likelihood there will probably be at least one or two major character deaths in and yeah. in, in, yeah. in either this one or in, or Avengers 4 shortly afterwards
0: mm-hmm.
2: well does that well, i mean is it are they going to pull as a fast one and maybe doctor strange was only ever going to be maybe yeah. may but like
0: again the, the because of the internet is what it is and you have so many outlets knowing that hemsworth is talking about retiring his and um evans's contracts up so, and Downey Jr., I mean, he's been in it for for the last 10 years. I mean, not to say that he wouldn't want to play Iron Man forever, but, I mean, if I was to make a prediction now, I wouldn't be surprised if all three of those characters are killed off because the, the title for the second Infinity War film, they've not said because apparently it's a major spoiler, but I reckon this is going to be, because it's been 10 years, this is going to out with the old and with the new or mm-hmm. usher in that. And you're talking about um, origin stories... That's one thing I really enjoyed about again when me and pa- me and Paco rewatched um, uh, Winter Soldier, which was fucking amazing, <laughs> and uh, we watched Civil War, which again I really enjoyed. Paco didn't enjoy it so much, but
1: no, I, I still enjoy it. I just think I enjoy the action sequences in Civil War. Yeah, but like the
0: setup for that movie
1: is really badly done, and, I, like really false. I would disagree with that. I but I, I wholeheartedly disagree. Yeah, but that's a whole conversation for
0: another. But Spider Man in that film, you're like okay. We're not going to go through the fact that he was bitten by some fucking radioactive spider, blah, blah. He's Spider-Man. Everyone knows who Spider-Man is. We just insert him into the film, and we quickly have him talk to Tony Stark, talk about the fact that he's Spider-Man, and then we get to him uh, at the airport where they fight. And he is... he's. He steals the show in uh, a lot of those scenes in Civil War.
2: A, I mean, in that exact conversation, there's a point where Peter Parker just tries to start explaining to Iron Man, to Tony Stark, how it happened, and he essentially says, I don't care, yeah. mimicking what mm-hmm. every audience member probably has for, yeah. like, for a in long a,
0: time. Yeah, in a smart way, yeah. but yeah. um, So, yeah, we'll get to Infinity War. Um, Switching gears uh, from superheroes, um, mm-hmm. Danny Boyle will direct the next James Bond and i think that is a great choice
2: i mean it's an interesting at least choice. we
0: know the first two acts will be good <laughs> well, the, oh. well funnily enough it's it is john hodge that's going to co-write the script with him who wrote, co-wrote Train Spotting with him but also co wrote that fucking mess of a film, Trance, which I thought was messy. Is that the one about the art Thieves? Yeah, McAvoy, and it's like.
2: Uh, Rosario Dawson. Rosario
0: Dawson at one point shaves her bits because apparently it's a, <laughs> it's a big plot thing in that film, which is daft. Um, it's a daft film. Um, I think. Was it Garland or Hodge that co wrote Sunshine?
2: It was Garland. Garland.
0: in saying that Garland's got. All kinds of credits, yeah, for the
2: for the people at home. For those for those not, not doing the Harry don't... Enfield way of pronouncing people's names. But he's
0: he's good credit anyway because he 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 made Ex Machina so, and I've not seen Annihilation,
2: but I will get to that. But what do you think, Danny Boyle directing James Bond? I, so the, I guess the first the first thought that comes to my mind is it's a very unusual choice for Danny Boyle. Because he always strikes me as quite a kind of socially aware director, right? Mm-hmm. He famously, um, uh, when he was doing the Olympic opening ceremony, made it quite kind of, um, you know, socialist in a sense, like talking mm. about the NHS in the middle of it. Um, he uh, was offered a knighthood because of his services yeah. and rejected it. And I guess the point I'm trying to get at is mm. for him to go from that to then um, wanting to direct the most upper crust for lack of a bit right for lack of a right wing british character. Well, it's quite is it's quite, quite surprising to me. So, I mean, I, so that's no reflection on whether mm-hmm. or not he'll be a good director. I think he's a great director. Yeah. But I but I'm just I just found it a very interesting well, choice.
0: What I think it's going to be quite jarring as well is one thing he he has said is that him they have an idea of what they want to do for bond and they're going to write it. But he has also said that, that you know, he, the time from <laughs> The words that were used, this is not his words, but words that were used to the extent was... He's going to make him more, not so much a feminist Bond, but less kind of chauvinistic and... Less arse-slappy. Yeah, less chauvinistic and... I think a word someone used was rapey, um, which I think was a bit over the top to describe that. um, And because it is Daniel Craig that's going to be Bond, probably for the last time, it's going to be interesting how... Danny Boyle, Danny Boyle's take on that character, um, that doesn't mean to say that it's not already, it's not already been it's been fine. Like he's had, very, like Daniel Craig has, I think, been consistent with his character with Bond. The films haven't been, but um, you know what Bond film has a hundred percent. Do we know tra- who's writing it? Is John, John, John Hodge, John Hodge. Uh, yeah, uh, co-writing it with Danny Boyle. Um, but yeah, I, I like Danny Boyle as a director, so I'm I'm excited to see what he does with it.
1: I mean, yeah, there's been plenty of terrible Bond films, so if it's not a bad one, then yeah, just nope, add it to the pile.
0: No, yeah, nobody's got a 100% track record of... They've done every single... Every Bond they've done is brilliant. You'll get one or two most... Four, I would say, a push, if you're Connery. Uh,
2: yeah, and... Um... I mean, the last one was no great shakes either. Spectre uh, was so fucking Spec- Spectre, forgettable. Spectre was, was really annoying because I, I thought the first half of it was very good and I thought it had so much promise to it given the, the calibre of those involved. Yeah. Um, And it was just very disappointing. And it's
0: like, oh, it turns out that, and again, Spectre's been out for ages so like I don't he's, mind spoiling he's adopted it. adopted brother? Yeah, it's like, oh man, him and Blofeld are actually kind of related. You know, like, fuck off. And, then <laughs> and they did that really annoying thing where they tried to make him out to be like some
1: grand mastermind, like He's saying that he, was, he was responsible for every one of the other Daniel Craig villains. There's a but lot like of retcon and. Yeah, they Aye. did not have the actual work put in to no. make that pay off. He says, I've at been, is yeah. his,
2: not, been the author of your pain? Some of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and also, on top of that, as well, they did the uh, that thing where similar to Star Trek Into Darkness where they um, oh, tried, to <laughs> tried to pretend try to pretend that um, to everyone and every press release that he wasn't playing Blofeld, when everybody everybody knew it was Blofeld. I You've so with Walton of course yeah. he is. so but but where but so and the and the thing is called Specter i mean yeah. What, yeah and so but and so therefore <laughs> I, and but but which is which is neither here nor there. We're, we're, was it not for the fact that they make such a big deal out of him revealing that his name is actually Ernst Avro Blofeld? Yeah. And so therefore, it just kind of feels a bit flat.
0: It was flat. Like you're, you're like, yeah. In the end, you're like, you don't really do anything. You just kind of walk about and talk about how you may or may not. have done. You know, yeah. it's like that thing you sit exactly. Paco when it's like, oh man, he's the top field. He's the top scientist in his field, and you're like. Just because everyone says he is, he's yeah. done nothing to prove yeah, it's that. Like,
1: it's like the, the fucking big rule of filming it is show, don't tell. Oh. And like that's all he does is just fucking talks. He talks about
0: how he's a badass. You You're don't like, see You it. It don't see any of it. Yeah. So Spectre was so fucking forgettable, but it's that way I'm, I'm looking forward to Danny Boyle's uh, Bond. Hopefully uh, Daniel Craig will go out on a high. Um, if this is the last one, but I'm pretty sure it will be.
2: Well, that's the thing. I mean, everybody... Thought the last one was going to be his last one, so I was. I mean, I don't know. I was very surprised when he signed on for this one. Well, so. and
1: did he not like? Chuck like paid like 150 million or something for it? like that. Oh, no,
0: they chucked loads of him, but I mean, his work. His, he was quoted as saying, um, "I'd rather slip my wrist than do another bond." But then he had to retract that by saying, "I was very fatigued and sorry I said that."
2: What what I I meant by that was I can't wait to do the next Bond. Yeah, (laughs) what I meant was like
0: my mattress full of money is getting a bit flat. I need to fluff it up a bit. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Other news: the Weinstein Company has officially filed for bankruptcy. Really? Yep. Uh, They on Monday they officially uh, filed for it, but (laughs) bankruptcy. (laughs) Yeah. Because who the fuck wants to work for them just now?
1: Yeah, but like, there's a difference between like not being able to get
2: work and not having money. No, but I think I think uh, the. Yeah, I think the brand is so poisonous yeah. that the, the I think share of any assets out, they have have just been yes. liquidated. Yeah, yeah. but I've been bought up. Anything that's worth any money has been bought up by other companies yeah.
0: now. Licensing to like pop Fiction and things like yeah. I well, it's that. Well, I wouldn't say that, that's Minimax. But, um, it's, it's
2: one of, it's one of the, sh- the the few joys of um, Raptors not being on for the last year or so is that we've not had to discuss every single awful revelation that yeah. comes out that's every, every week or so. Yeah, but that's, that's actually
0: why we weren't on. Um, <laughs> Uh, so the hopes for this is that they will reorganize and produce TV shows and films under new ownership. Not a chance. You keep that name, you're getting fuck all. Nobody wants to be associated by, with the Weinstein Company at all. That name is poisonous throughout the film industry. Good luck if that is what their plans are.
2: And the thing, and the thing is as well, it's not just Harvey that was um, no that's... to blame. I mean, and what I mean by that is that he was the one who was the perpetrating the awful acts, but. It was an open secret in the company that it was happening, and they all covered it up. So well, nobody's going to want to work with anyone associated with it. Never mind Harvey. Well,
0: it's funny you mention that, Craig, because also um, employees uh, be, employees have been released from their non-disclosure agreements. Mm-hmm. So there'll be books go, and all yeah. kinds of yeah. chats like, "Oh man, did you know Ben Affleck did this, or do you know that Harvey Weinstein? That you know, I wonder what names are going to get chucked yeah. around. I wonder Ben Affleck did. No, I'm just saying because <laughs> because like you know like. You know, like Kevin's, like there was rumor, like I say, rumors. There was hearsay about, oh, Ben Affleck knew and Matt Damon knew and folk knew, and they, they didn't do anything. They they've been alleged not to be involved, but they knew, but did nothing about. Quentin Tarantino has distanced himself from the uh, Weinstein's. Uma Thurman came out and said a bunch of stuff that over the years, how she felt, um, dead uncomfortable working for them. Uh, you know, it's just what I'm saying is, all that right now is he said she said, but it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to see yeah. now that all their employees like you can't say we will sue you it's like so no so what's it's happened to
2: Weinstein is he actually getting sent to jail or something for? I think it's, he's under umpteen different investigations yeah. at the moment but he's at, at the moment he's still a free man right. so yeah. so uh, but that's that's
0: kind of a bummer to end on but that's the that's the news <laughs> uh, pick, uh, for you this you picked a hell of a way to end the news yeah,
1: God right <laughs> I mean like if you want to Take it even worse, though. Have you heard that uh, Stan Lee's health is completely deteriorating? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's expected to not be alive very soon. And again, which i is a
0: really weird way of wording that, but like dead, yeah, you, yeah, you're looking for dead. Now, again, that that's hot, I mean. I don't ever, I don't want to see Stan Lee die, but at the end of the day, he is, he's been a fair innings, he's definitely around about that age. Yeah, the
1: other thing, like when I was reading stuff about this, like uh, he's seemingly like. A lot of people are taking advantage of both him and his daughter just now, and like Fuck. you know, like taking them for a ride, and like they're basically just hemorrhaging money. Like there's like loads of different like kind of sales and stuff going through that people don't really know much about, and it's right. like it is expected that like they're just everyone's taking advantage of the fact that like he's
0: he's dying. Sorry, okay, that's yeah. fucking hell. Well, uh, well, it's let's, a total let's fucking shame man. No. Well, let's let's
2: let's, let's 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 not prematurely. Um, yeah. Or giving him an obituary at yeah. the moment. Get so... well, Stan.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's let's pick up the mood and let's actually talk about the trailers we watched. Do you want? Will we go for Infinity War first? Let's talk about Rachel's. Just to pick up. The mood. <laughs> My God. <laughs> so yeah, as it, we've not done this in a while, so we're like, let's watch a bunch of trailers. That doesn't mean to say we haven't beat the cinema in a while or whatever. But we're like, let's watch some trailers. And as soon as this trailer came on for a film called Rachel's, I was like, Is that what it's Fuck definitely called? This. Yeah. yeah okay. I was like. Because it looked like... I mean, like, you instantly thought of Heathers, right? I instantly thought of a millennial Heathers slash fatal attraction bunch of shit. Two folk called Rachel in high school... (laughs) Two folk called Rachel in high school are pals and social social media media celebrity darlings, or what the fuck you want to call it these days. But one Rachel... Besides
1: she doesn't like being a Rachel anymore. So like she tries to out Rachel. Rachel the other Rachel. Yeah. Be the Racheliest Rachel. And yeah. then it becomes one of the Rachels. And then like one of the Rachels kills the other Rachel and then she becomes like some kinda sinister Rachel. That's and right. And then like some other aspiring social media a darling has to take her down because she sees a picture of her not doing quite as well at a track run.
0: Now this <laughs> all, fuck off, it all sounds fucking shit. The only, the, only so thing, least... the only thing that could have redeemed that film is if it said directed by David Fincher. I'd be like, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> way a fucking minute. Or directed by Paul Total Rachel, directed means, by like, Paul Verhoeven. I'd be like, to, man, mean, let's see, see that fucking see shit.
1: Like when the trailer started up, like a both you and Craig kind of made tutting noises, and like <laughs> you you were kind of rolling your eyes, but like I was looking at it thinking bollocks, like we it would is. have probably have made the same noises like, when we first saw Mean Girls, the trailer for it. No way, man. like, I think I held out for a good 15 seconds longer, like, hoping that it was going to be, like, some good commentary, like, some good comedy kind of thing. But it's not. I I
2: I believe
0: your words were, this is everything everything I I hate hate." about humanity. (laughs) And and, and the
2: thing was that that's precisely what I was thinking before you said it as well. And um, (laughs) I don't know if this was the same trailer you were referring to, but it, it must be because this is... All I could think—they said that the name Rachel so many times at the yeah. start that all he could think of was Jan Michael Vincent yeah, 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 yeah. from uh, I reckon, Rick and Morty. Yeah, I'd like, watch
0: that fucking shit. But yeah, Ra- which
2: looks like an infinitely better film. So. Yeah,
0: and you don't even need to know who Jan Michael Vincent is. Um, you just need to know that this January you need to Michael down your Vincent's.
2: <laughs> It's
0: That is a fictional man, right? No, Jan Michael Vincent was uh, Airwolf, I believe. Really? Oh man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was the fucking... Is it Roy, Roy Schneider? What was he?
0: Roy, Roy Schneider's was Quest. No, like, he had the helicopter one. No, that's Airwolf. Yeah, no, like he had one as well, I'm sure of it. Mm. Blue Thunder? Oh, wait, I, that, that wasn't Roy Schneider, was it? Was it not? Uh, no, Roy Schneider, no.
2: He,
1: was he, he definitely had like, a TV show where he was like some kind of advanced helicopter
2: pilot. Oh, man, see, the 80s were great. Really, Maybe. Right? I mean... <laughs> I mean, Nightboat wasn't far off, it really, was it? Um, what was Nightboat? Was Nightboat the... was the Simpsons pastiche of it. Where of Nightrider? Of Nightrider, where they had... To, but every week there was like an inlet or a fjord that they had to chase but people But was down. that not just <laughs> Thunder
0: and Paradise? <laughs> Pretty much. It, yeah, but it was also like... Tommy, sing <laughs> the theme tune for Thunder and Paradise. I actually... Can't, it's, it's, it goes something like, is it not Thunder? It, I, is it not just the title? Yeah, yeah. No, but, yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I never watched Thunder <laughs> and Paradise. With, uh, with really? A, really, no uh, you it, are like the
1: demographic
0: for Thunder. Yeah, realities. when I was, I it, watched that several times it, like, in yeah. the night. No, I think I'm caught. A brief clip of the film of Thunder in Paradise. It was a film. I think so. Pretty, Hogan was involved definitely. Well, um, yeah, but because well, he was the star of
2: Thunder in Paradise. Yeah, I'm sure as Roy a... Thunder or whatever the fuck name was. Roy Thunder. Like. <laughs> like, but not with with Brutus Beefcake and Jimmy Hart in it as well. Yeah, all, like... well, that was his pals.
0: Um, yeah, you're gonna no, tell us next that you didn't watch Suburban Commando. Oh no, I loved that film as I was a kid. That was outrageously stupid. Uh, I don't f- know
1: what's your favourite bit of Suburban Commando
0: oh i'm trying to think there was a couple of bits i quite like there was a bit where i liked it when um, christopher lloyd got the suit and tried to be suburban commando but he couldn't because he was a total weed um
1: a total weed
0: but uh fuck i liked it when the undertaker and his bounty hunter friend turned up that was cool when they spoke you're a dead man ramsay is that what they said? Yeah. Oh, do you remember? Is it Shep, Ra- Shep Ramsey? That was Hogan's name in it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, do you know, do I, you know pretty I, much I, all I can remember about it is
1: uh, that bit where the Undertaker speaks and he's got a squeaky voice and then the other bit where Hulk Hogan, for some reason, throws a skateboard into space. Into space? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah like he that's He throws right. it and yeah. it leaves the Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. And then at the end of the film, you see it in space. I
2: have, yeah. I have never I've never seen this one, but now I want to. Um, it's... it's it's
0: fucking garbage, but see, when you're six years <laughs> old, it was like the best thing. That and the film he was in uh, called No Holds Barred with uh, Tom Tiny Lister, or as he was known back in the day,
2: Zeus. And the point being is that all of these films look a lot better than The Rachels. Um, <laughs> is yeah. that what we were talking about? That's That's what we we're, were talking I... about. How did we get on that? Yeah. Because we were talking about Jan Michael Vincent. Yeah. Right? yeah. But um, yeah, The Rachels
0: looks like
1: it's actually yeah. the second really a, Can I just miss, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just like, I don't know, I, I hate it. It's the second trailer I've seen today where I actively hate it. The other one we didn't watch together I saw it at the start of Red Sparrow was a, a movie called
2: I Feel Pretty. Oh, that I was, I was about to talk about that. Yeah, that's the new Amy Schumer one. Yeah. yeah. Who is Amy Schumer? She is an American comedian, stand-up um, yeah. comedian,
0: who likes to make a lot of uh, kind of inappropriate, fun sex jokes. That's her kind of. Is she
1: ish. like, is she like really skinny and pretty in real life?
0: And um, they've got like a kind of fat. No, she's a, she's she's a wee bit she she's a wee too. bit portly. Yeah, um, she's in a she did a film called Trainwreck, which was actually quite funny. With, right, with with John Cena to
2: continue uh, the um, wrestling, yes. wrestling stuff. John Cena's really uh, funny yeah, in that that, film. That I John feel Cena John Cena's thing. actually um sorry, but John Cena is actually um, a surprisingly good actor. Like um in terms of like playing what he does, you know, like yeah. he's not he's not like yeah. a, a great range or anything, but he's got his moments. Yeah. So a,
1: if you were like a marketing guy for John Cena, would you have him like have posters with like the captions like it's senna time? Because like obviously that's like the word for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> You
0: know, you know that another. is
2: such a niche market you're yeah. going yeah.
0: for. I mean, in Spain, it'd be all the rage. Yeah.
2: Oh his, um,
0: his, his cameo in uh, the very underrated film Sisters was actually really good as well. That's
2: exactly what I was thinking of just there. Yeah.
0: Like, um, remember it was on with Amy Poehler and. Uh, oh god, damn uh, <laughs> who
1: ready? cares? That I feel pretty <laughs> though. Okay, like it's oh. one of those things where I think it's supposed to have like a good message in that. You know, people will find you attractive if you have confidence, but like really, it just seems like a completely tone deaf a it got, effort. To it
2: got a lot of. It was pilloried a lot online when it first came out, saying exactly what you just said, which was that it it thinks it's going for something, but it's missing yeah, the mark widely. It right. looks um, so
0: fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a trailer I quite liked was uh, Tag, the one with Jeremy Ritter, John Hamm. Um
2: what do you mean the hangover 4? <laughs> which which is true but I mean I I looked at it and I and when I first heard knew the concept and I seen the, tra- the the who was in it and stuff I thought this is probably going to be very average at best probably quite poor. And the trailer I think makes it look quite like fun. fun. Yeah. I mean I don't I don't, I don't see it doesn't it didn't offend me in any way. It seems Seemed okay. I'll yeah. give it. I'll give it a, a work. But like you also then forget about it a minute later. Well, yeah. Not, what's wrong with
1: that?
0: Yeah. yeah it's okay. Yeah. It's a total. Doesn't
2: it? Doesn't have to be like an absolutely but, tremendous but like the comedy or something. Like yeah, that, yeah. For it for it to be enjoyable and fine. Yeah. Um,
0: so the f- premise of this film is again based on a true story. Uh, these group of friends have been playing the same game of tag for thirty years. Doesn't matter if it's um, one's at a wedding, one's um, at the birth of their child, they will tag each other and they need to kind of play and it's, it sounds ridiculous and it is, but um, the trailer I thought was quite funny. As I said, Jerry Maritner, John Hamm, who is... Is always good. ...one of the most uh, comedic, funniest guys in Hollywood, but he doesn't get enough comedy roles. Yeah. And uh, Ed Helms also is in it. Um, but yeah, check it out. Um, I thought it looked fine. Uh, and Isla Fisher is in it as well. Um Ah. Uh-huh. That's right. Um, nice wee Toast of London reference there. Thank you. Um, Titan. That was the next trailer. The minute you see starring Sam Worthington... You're I mean,
1: like, they obviously couldn't afford Joel Edgerton. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of
0: like, right, Sam Worthington, right. When did he make a good film?
2: Well, I mean, the thing... I made a joke about it afterwards, but... It, so, if anyone's who's not seen the trailer, it looks essentially very similar X-Men. to Avatar in terms of the idea that Sam Worthington is a guy who gets experimented on and then goes through some kind of metamorphosis. I, I don't, don't get me wrong, it's, I I'd say, I'd I, say
1: not. it's more like Splice or yeah, any yeah, other. Yeah,
2: okay, but I'm just. What, feature I mean, feature. what I mean by it though is the fact that um, I'm not saying like from point A to point B to point C of the plot it, it looks exactly the same but I'm just saying as a feel to it it's almost like the casting choice seems very much kind of to me, oh who's that guy that went that did the exact same thing in a really famous film, which is get him in to do the exact yeah. same thing so, like the, the plot had kind of
1: promise though I think at the start with the whole we're going to have to genetically modify humans to be able to survive in the harsher environments of Titan because Earth is fucked and if we're going to survive as a species we need to kind of you know, like basically move to a different planet.
2: Well, yeah. I, I think you yeah. were just won over by the sentence that went to the effect of half of humanity is going to die and you were just <laughs> yeah. like, "Yay." Yeah.
0: It's like you want I I I just think it looks so fucking by the numbers and looks like a cheap yeah, uh, a cheap X-Men meets Interstellar kind of bollocks. It loo- like, what, it, what it looks like had
2: I seen the had I seen the logo wwe studios on it i would have not been surprised I even like checked out. what was the
1: film that came out like a year ago or something like that where like a there was like a a girl who was like kept in like a lab and a house uh, and then like she doesn't really trust the people she's keeping they don't really trust her a uh, what's his face paddy constant no 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 like the big guy t- he's in the illusionist he's in uh, why he's in shoot 'em up. Why am I having trouble remembering who what
0: his name is? Oh Paul GMI. Yeah,
1: yeah, he was in it. Like a, Oh I I know what you're talking and about. It's like she kinda breaks out and ends up killing a lot of people. Yeah. Including the kind of people who were kinda nice to her and stuff. Like yeah. you know what I, talking I about? remember watching that like,
0: thinking it looked a bit like Splice. yeah exactly. Splice, and yeah. that's the same as this, like it looks like yeah.
1: Splice is that like this whole thing where it's just like in species even Like species, maybe being the first example
0: of this. Yeah, but this without the shagging.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Titan
0: species without the shagging. Yeah. There we go. So that was Titan. Looks shite. Was it the Titan? No, just Titan. No,
2: that was the Titan. Was it? Which makes which doesn't which makes even less sense because Titan was a lot more.
1: Sam Worthington in Clash of the Titans. Yes,
0: he was. So he was, yeah. Yeah. Which is the sequel to this? That's right. Well, prequel. (laughs) Uh, so uh, that moves us on to a positive trailer which we were talking about earlier Avengers Infinity War trailer 2 it dropped this week everyone lost their fucking shit because it looks the nuts
2: um, Craig your thoughts oh wow um, so yeah, I mean are we, do we have an hour left of the podcast <laughs> unfortunately no we've,
0: we've still got films to talk about um, so briefly was the trailer? How did it make you feel? Are you super psyched? Do you think it was a bit disappointing? Is it got a lot to live up to? How you know? Were you when you watched it initially? Like wow, that's exactly what I want to see, and I just hope it works.
2: So yeah, I mean, ob- um, obviously, this is the second tra- full trailer for the next Avengers film, Infinity War. I feel the exact same way about this one as I did about the first one, which is that this. I'm very excited about it. This is a final, as, as we say, a final com- culmination Ten of all that's building up to it. Now, um, I do think that despite some big missteps, um, Marvel do get it right more often than not. One, of, however, one of those missteps being the most recent Avengers film. Um, so, but I would say that I'm cautious. I'm optimistic. I wouldn't even say cautiously optimistic. I am optimistic. I think they'll probably make a good go of it. I think probably. Unlike normal, the decision to split it into two separate films suggests to me that they know they couldn't fit all thirty star build stars yeah. into a single two and a half hour film yeah. properly. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, in terms of specific beats of the trailer, I'm I'm not going to go into that just now, just because I can't really think of anything in particular that. In, in t- until you bring it up. Alright, right, yeah.
0: Again, I. Pretty much the same as yourself. Um, I'm very excited. The fact that the Russo brothers, who did Winter Soldier and Civil War, are returning to direct
2: are arguably two of the best, if not the best, um, Marvel films.
0: Oh fuck, I Winter Soldier easily, um, but yeah, um, there's a lot. Like, visually, it looks interesting. Everyone gets their own bit, apart from the the, the fun joke that Ant Man and Hawkeye are not pictured. In the poster, or in, or, or, indeed, don't show up in the trailer. Not for I could see. Um, my, f- my favorite bit, I, I think it's everyone's favorite bit in the trailer, is when Thanos locks up with Cap. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, that, got me fucking. I like. I cannot wait to see what's going to happen there. You've got the Guardians of the Galaxy in there. You have got Chris Pratt like being uh, Star Lord. Uh, the wee um, bit at the end with Doctor, Doctor Strange yeah. and Spider Man's a cool wee exchange. So. I, I'm not worried. I'm not. I, I, I just it because
2: it's got so much to live up to. You just expectations are extremely high. Much much of the excitement about the Avengers films from the get go has always been about seeing your heroes finally get to interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something. Which is probably one of the ways in which DC kind of dropped the ball because they never because they never really spent the time building their own characters up for you. So you weren't excited to see the Flash meet. Batman, because you'd never yeah. seen a Flash in his own yeah. film before, apart from on a computer file or yeah, yeah, a, yeah on with an, a, with, on with an a, MP4 file. A, you're like cool with 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 uh, little desktop icons that you probably spent so much time designing for whatever reason as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. But anyway, <laughs> <So shite. laughs> It really was so shy. Um, but yeah, so that's that's half of the fun of the Avengers films, and I think a lot a lot of that will come from <gasps> it's Iron Man talking to Star Lord, you know, yeah. and that kind of thing. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think in plot, as I just repeat myself, but I think I think they get it right more often than they get it wrong. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, ha- I have faith that uh, it will work out quite well and I'm really looking forward it. Yeah. Paco, anything more to add?
1: I, I just, I, I hope it's good. Like, uh, it looks good from the trailer, but at the same time, and not to be like the complete cynic all the time, but a uh, civil war ended up just being 12 people fighting in a car park.
2: So hopefully, fuck in, off! <laughs> all right, in Infinity
1: War or whatever the fuck it's called, like a, see, this, is, this ends is... up
2: being an actual war. Okay, well, all right. Is, is your complaint about the is your civil war complaint the fact that it wasn't actually? a war. Yeah, like civil well, war I'll makes I'll...
1: it sound like a total grand thing, like a no, epic like, no, 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 thing, Not But then it the... ends up being a minor no. scuffle in a car. That's, that is that's, that's, bollocks.
2: Such, a, that's such a facetious way a to, to way it. A simplistic way of looking at it is yeah, like, yeah.
0: there's a war of words, there's a war of uh, ways of like living your life, it doesn't all have to be an actual war. Yeah, it's I a, suppose the fact that your civil, heroes of drunken brawl doesn't have same to it. <laughs> Man. They have a scuffle, but there is so much that builds so, towards civil that. Civil disagreement.
2: Yeah. I, I th- yeah, I think, I think to 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 characterise civil war as not having enough war is to completely miss the point. Completely. Um, yeah, but and, it I, should but it also, should have been a bigger scale thing. I don't you know? think so. I think I think, but also on top of that as well, though, um, if that's what you're really worried about about infinity war, then. You know from the trailer that there are large-scale yeah. battles in yeah. this. Yeah, it's like, no, so no, what? No, are no. You,
0: it's like, oh man, if, it's, if it doesn't go on for infinity, that it's not there really the a, infinity there war? There may be
2: a large-scale battle. I don't think so, because like. see, if you, if you look at the trailer closely, you notice that there's a battle in Wakanda, but there's also a battle which appears to take place on Thanos' homeworld mm-hmm. as well. Which is the Moon of Titan. Is it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um
1: is in the moon of Saturn Titan not one of Titan's moons yes. which I don't know if Titan can have moons because it is a moon itself
0: well we'll wait and see if Sam then gets there
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> who knew? Yeah. Um, call back here.
0: yeah uh, I love it uh, there's nothing really I mean it's going to be entertaining be. yeah it will be that is for sure well,
2: yeah. yes but as I say the one the one uh, big mistake I think you were out the room when we talked about this the one big misstep that Marvel I say would ha- have had is the Last Avengers film, which was a bit of a mess. Yeah. So, and I think some of that mess could have been solved by picking things back up from the cutting room floor, and the fact that this is essentially one movie that's going to be about five hours long, split in two. I think that hopefully will. Be to its benefit rather than yeah. yeah. It will be good though. Like,
1: I mean, thank thank fuck that the Infinity Stones storylines are all going to come ahead with this one though, man. Yeah. Because like so many of the movies had that really just trite structure because of it. Like the stone was the MacGuffin that the entire plot revolved around, and like it made it feel more like a video game than a movie. It does make like, me wonder
2: though if these stones are all powerful, and and the Infinity. Stone's problem is completely solved by the end of Avengers Four. Then what's next? Like, you know well, that,
1: that's what's interesting though, is like mm-hmm. it opens up the possibility. I and mean, there's already groundwork being laid here. Like a uh, one of the end title sequences of Black Panther, like uh, leads to possible storylines involving uh, the winter soldier. I uh, I won't say any more than that because like that's mm-hmm. vague as shit. Do you mean that's not like saying much? Yeah. But then like on top of that, like we've also hinted that a uh, this is Chris Evans's last contracted role in this, mm-hmm. and then Andy who to comics knows that either Falcon or Winter Soldier become the next Captain America. Mm-hmm. So like, there's plenty still to kind of do here and stuff. Like maybe mm-hmm. not like a big all encompassing
0: thing that brings everybody together. Yeah, but that's happened now. We don't need them all to be together. Yeah, and again, because because of the structure where the films are released. Like Ant Man and the Wasp is like pretty much straight after that, and then you've got Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. So you, where, like, do, where does yeah, that people, come? After people expect the Captain
1: War? Marvel to be in this as well. Mm-hmm. Like at least briefly, yeah. and they, her stuff is like. Quite heavily involved with a, a kind of race invading aliens as well, mm. which I, I get is quite similar to like what Thanos yeah. is already doing, but they're different aliens yeah. that but can be, like shapeshift and like take people's uh, mm-hmm. identities and stuff like that. So yeah. like,
2: well that well that's cool, but I um I don't have a problem with going in different directions. I guess I'm I guess my 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 not concerns the wrong word, but I'm just trying to figure out. Literally the way they paint these infinity stones is that they are the most powerful things in the universe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So therefore, if you've solved that problem, then everything else is slightly less dangerous, you know, like That's the um, same with
1: every kind of thing though that kinda of continues on in it. Like every single franchise like has like a gigantic threat and then when that's solved, everything that comes after it, you're kinda of like, well I mean look at Star Wars. Like Darth Vader and the Empire were exactly that. There was like there's such a an all encompassing massive threat and it's like everything since then again is like all these new films feel like isolated
2: skirmishes rather than like a galactic spanning. Yeah, it does kind of. That that's a perfect example of how by building up to too much uh, from the get go. Not that Star Wars was ever really planned out in the way that Marvel is. It does kind of dilute what comes after it to me because it's all mm. kind of there's a law of diminishing returns. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So I'll tell you what we'll we'll talk about Black Panther
0: last. So <coughs> we're gonna move on to some uh movie reviews now. I'll I'll start off with what I watched uh You Were Never Really There, the new Lynn Ramsey film. Lynn Ramsey being the um Scottish director of uh Ratcatcher and uh We Need to Talk About Kevin, uh, which a, we we talked Kevin's a great movie, really disturbing drama. Um as was this um so it stars Joaquin Phoenix, and he plays um, like I'm. I, I, I don't know. Basically, I'm. I or- pretty much, yeah. It's like he's a man for hire. Um, he's an ex an ex serviceman who basically is hired to find um, like, like either like children or folk that have been kidnapped and are involved in like. Um, paedophile uh, sex rings. Um, the film, like, a lot of the reviews were like, oh, Taxi Driver for a New um, Century. And it's that kind of whole thing of, yeah, he's a loner. He doesn't really have much of a life other than this is what he does. Uh, anybody that's seen a Lynn Ramsey film um, will know what to expect. It's very dry, it's quite long, and it doesn't really play out as this kind of gore-fest action film that you'd expect. It's a very kind of subtle thriller. Um... And when the violence does happen, it's, again, done very artistically and whatnot. But I don't want to give too much away from the plot because it is pretty much Joaquin Phoenix is a man for hire. He's going to do a job. It doesn't go quite the same way. And film plays out as it does. Uh, a lot of folk were going at five stars, saying it was spectacular. Um, I thought it was fine. Um, but I would like to have seen a bit more brutality in it because it is a very subtle like kind of art artistic artsy film uh, which i don't have a problem with it's just i think a lot of the scenes in it could have benefited from showing a bit more raw damage does that, it a,
1: like manage to deal with like its kind of themes and stuff in a, an actual effective way or does it like fall short of giving them the kind of responsibility they deserve well i think like, if you if you're making a film about pedophilia you kind of well, need
0: to... It's not really about that. This is what I'm saying. is It's more about the character of Joaquin Phoenix, who is a guy who lives at home with his mum. Like Some of the scenes with him and his mum is really quite like endearing and whatnot, but it's also... Uh, most of the film is about his personal torment, where he endured a really bad childhood anyway, and he also, as I said, he's seen some stuff uh, as a serviceman in the army, and he's kind of dealing with that and trying to deal with his own like, mental, like, stability whilst trying to, um, do these jobs and, as I said, it's a really, it's a really kind of strange film. It's not necessarily, he's a pedo hunter who goes out and wrecks fuck out of people. There's, it's a lot more, it's a lot more of a character piece than, than that. You know what I mean? As I said, it explores a lot of his psyche as well as what he does and it's a film that, it, as I said, lots of um, long dry shots of just watching him live his life and seeing how he copes with like little things like, you know, being stopped in the street to take a picture of someone for somebody else and having like those kind of mental f- uh, flashbacks to his childhood and whatnot. Again, I thought it was fine. Um, I think maybe it was one of those occasions where I r- was really looking forward to. It. And maybe I my I set my expectations somewhere where maybe they shouldn't have been, as in I should have maybe expected. having seen uh, we need to talk about Kevin, which I thought was infinitely a better film. I just expected a wee bit more from this, um, but it is a it's a it's a very decent film. Joaquin Phoenix is excellent in it. It's very well. It looks great. Um, so check it out. Just don't expect it to be. A, 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 you know, an action gore fest. It's a very it's a character piece. Do
1: you think if you were to watch it again knowing that it wasn't gonna be action packed that you'd enjoy it though?
0: I mean, as I said, I didn't expect it to be like fucking Roadhouse or whatever, you know? <laughs> or or you know, I didn't expect like, you know, complete fucking fights and brutality. I just I thought there'd be a wee bit more to it. But yeah, I reckon if I watched it again knowing what it is, I'd probably appreciate it a lot more. Um, but as I've mutual friends that loved it. They thought it was excellent and I think I am the minority of everyone else in it as in. I enjoyed it but I wasn't as you know I didn't think it was a triumph or anything like that. Right.
1: We're already approaching like the hour and a half mark. huh. I think we shouldn't talk about Black Panther, the stay round.
0: Okay. So let's well end it on Red Sparrow. Okay. Um well I'll talk about the other film I see more recently. Um again I it's <laughs> limited release Nobody's going to see this film, oh, but you should. And why don't you? Uh, Mum and
1: Dad... Right, so I thought you were going to talk about the last flag flying one again. No. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, Mum and Dad um, is from um, the one of the directors of Crank, um, Brian Taylor, I believe his name is. Um, it stars Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair. And um, the film basically is about... Mm. Nicholas Cage and Selma Blair are parents. They've got a teenage daughter and uh, a little boy, who, and if anybody has seen Crank, knows the kind of fast edits, and the kind of fast music edits with the foot uh, and how the, those films are presented, and basically the way the film goes is, uh, they're living their life fine, and then an event happens, something happens, that you never know what it is. It's only cued up by audio, and w- in which, um. Parents turn on their children, as in they want to kill them. So, as I said... So is it only parents who have heard this thing you're talking about that do it? No, at some point during the the film, at some point during the day, the parents are going about their life, they go to their yoga class, they go to the office and whatever, they come home, and something they've either heard this audio, and you'd never know what it is, but it's like an audio click, and they see their kid and then almost turn into like a zombie where they want to thrash them right. and kill them
1: but it doesn't it's not like a universal thing where it happens to every parent at the same time not, it's this, not like a not, single event it's like a it, it, something that happens it, to people it
0: starts off as a, like again the way like the kids are in school everyone's living their life then all of a sudden uh all the kids are getting called to the principal's office or saying they need to go home and then school security's outside because all the parents are behind the cage, very much like a zombie film, and the parent, and the kids are like, "Well, what's going on here?" And the parent's are like, "Oh, come, come, you need to come here," and like a couple of kids vault the fence and then are brutally murdered, but only only by their parents. By their parents. It's really quite funny because it's like, a parent might hit another kid, like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry," but then they see their kid and then are become bloodthirsty and want to kill them. Again, it is a total. It's it's. I loved it. It's a comedy. Comedy kind of. A dark comedy with uh, a lot of really like lasting kind of moments. An entity that knows Nick Cage and has seen him go full Cage, and like face off and anything where he just OTT's the shit out of it. This is the ultimate Cage being over the top, and. As I said, if you've ever seen the kind of crank films, you know the kind of humour that's involved and the way the films are presented. But it's an absolute blast if you're a fan of the zombie genre or indeed uh, just uh, dark comedies. Um, it starts. I the best way to kind of describe it is it's kind of like the remake of Dawn of the Dead meets Home Alone. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, see if you can. I wish. I I hope to see it again because I I had a fucking blast watching it, and, again, if you're a parent. And you have those moments, and I'm, I'm none of us are a parent, but I can imagine that parents get that way where their kid just pisses them off so much that they just look and think, oh, if you were mine, I'd wring your fucking neck. It's almost like that's the concept of this film. Uh, and it's, as I said, hilarious and whatnot. Um, so check it out. And there's some really fucking dark moments in it, uh, which I won't go into, but I'll tell the boys after the show because I don't, it's, a, it's not so much a spoiler, but it's something Paco really appreciate, because um, you don't see it in Western cinema a lot.
1: I, I know exactly what it is now that you've yeah, that. I know. Um, so
0: that was Mum and Dad. Check it out. I really enjoyed it, Uh Paco. You saw Red Sparrow today? Uh,
1: I did. Uh, so I kind of purposely picked this because I didn't think any of you guys had seen it. Uh, so I just for the sake of diversity and because like I'm going to be talking about Tomb Raider. On the monster closet uh, on this Saturday's show, so mm-hmm. plug, tune in for that. Um, but yeah, like I was expecting this to be a lot more action packed, uh, which mm. seems to be the theme of the show today. I uh, it turns out that it wants to be like a total serious spy drama, spy mm-hmm. thriller, espionage story. Uh, yeah, but like it doesn't really have. The payoff for it, Like a, It it kind of it just follows it follows the story of Jennifer Lawrence who is the kind of daughter of a, a kind of KGB agent. Or something. Right. Sorry, like she's a niece of a KGB agent, uh, but like she herself is a, a ballerina who has an accident and breaks her leg, uh-huh. so she can't dance anymore. But like her uncle like uh, realizes that she's got the potential to to be quite useful to him because like she's quite a, a seductive person right so uh, he uses her to get close to somebody you know that he that, that he wants to kind of Get yeah, dirt on or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then, like things go wrong, and that guy ends up being murdered in front of her, mm-hmm. and uh, she gets a choice of either being killed or going to work for the government as like a sparrow. A sparrow, right? Uh, which is like a you see S-pash.
2: all that in the trailer. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like a it's like a honey trap kind of specialist, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah like
1: yeah. exactly. Like I, I thought it'd be more like Black Widow, where like she is like a a spy who can do like all these martial arts over the top martial arts and gun and stuff. So like it was that I mean, way where like when she broke her leg at the start and like you see it and it's like she's never dancing again, never mind jumping about and kicking folk in the face with it. Uh, I was kind of like, what, is, what does that mean for the rest of this film? And then, uh, you know, it kind of slowly sinks in that like it just seemed like a cheap Channel 5 porno wow. uh, that wants to be taken seriously but doesn't really have the
2: so, you, you, so the merit of it. Because I was a bit int- uh, curious about that myself as to, there's nothing wrong with a story about that kind of plot, as long as it's handled well and it kind of maybe talks about how that what kind of that does to a person to yeah. be that kind of a... They don't really. They don't go into it. that at no. all. Not at all. Right. Okay.
1: Like, uh, like they, they kind of have a couple of instances where someone kind of brings it up to her. Like I mean, Joel Edgerton uh, directly asks her that, mm. and uh, she just kind of looks sad, and then that's it. They never mm. mention it again, and yeah. uh, like there's a lot of stuff in the the kind of the film where they talk about how she needs to kind of figure out what a person wants and shape herself to be that missing piece of their life so that they'll kind of feel comfortable with her Yeah. and uh, they they never really turn the lens of that back on her you know it's like there's one scene early on like just after she's had her accident where again she kind of broaches the subject up Mm -hmm. uh, about how she wants to be special that she sees people like commuting to work and they look half asleep and she tells herself that she's never going to be like them because she's special but now that she can't do her, uh, dancing anymore? Like she doesn't see how that's a possibility for her. Yeah. So like this kind of sparrow program, as much as she seems to be getting dragged into it against her will. You know, there's like the kind of chance there for her to make something of her life to be different to be special, but like she just seems to reject it every time. Mm-hmm. I uh, and like the the movie's not like meritless, like it is entertaining. I, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just not. As clever as it thinks it is, yeah, and a like a, a lot of the kind of the tension of it really does stem from the idea that you never know whether or not she is acting a as a spy for Russia or whether she is actually trying to get away from yeah. that life of being a spy. Yeah, right. So like she plays every day. It looks like she's playing every day against each other, and you'd never really know where her allegiance properly lies that is the crux of the film and that's like everything about that is what the
0: film kind of leads up to is is who is she actually in it for but it's not done in a smart way you want it to be done yeah it's like
1: it's it works as a plot like it's not Mm -hmm. like you know by the conclusion you're like oh for fuck's sake that's ridiculous Mm. but like it's never great it's just adequate it's just alright
0: see that was my like I like the trailer but I remember, like looking, thinking, like oh, I might go watch Red Sparrow a couple of weeks ago, and I seen it, it was like hundred fucking forty minutes long, and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And I was like, that's a long fucking you, movie. You feel it? It's slow. Yeah, like, and then I was like, who? I was like Francis Lawrence. I'm like, no, okay. The hundred and forty minutes with that director, I was like, how what else has he done? Was, like, Hunger what? Games. Uh, really? He wow. Did, he did I think, the second or third one. He also did, I Am Legend, and Christ. he did Constantine, which I really enjoyed. I didn't realize he did I Am Legend.
2: Yeah, that's bad well that's in bad. which case like this one's
1: got like a lot less terrible CGI in it <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's just it's really it, it's so at this point in time in 2018 like a lot of the stuff it tries to do is just cliched and old yeah. like, it, it just retreads old ground like the only thing that really set it apart for me was like I just expected this to be set in the past because like these films generally are. But it is modern day. Yeah, I've, I've uh, heard
2: that one of, one of somebody else. Not that I'm advertising other reviews. You understand. Um, I heard a review of it which stated that. For the first twenty minutes, they just because of the nature of the plot, they just assumed they were watching some kind of eighties based yeah, spy yeah. shot because it's like Russia versus America and stuff. And it was only when they seen the introduction of like a smartphone yeah, that they yeah, realised exactly. actually hold on a minute, this is set in modern day.
1: Yeah, this is happening now. Yeah. And then, which I'd imagine you could clash of style
2: then, yeah? Well, I'd, I'd imagine you could you could suggest that um, maybe this is some a deliberate play on the fact that there's all this kind of exactly, world world exactly. situation about. Are we entering a second Cold War at the moment? But like again though, I don't think the film handles it particularly well. Like like it's it's trying to everything is
1: so kinda heavily stereotyped and cliched that like it it loses impact. Like it feels forced and it feels like they were just having a cheap jab because they knew that there's this kind of paranoia over everything that Mm -hmm. Russia's doing. I mean like the paranoia, granted, (sighs) is well Mm. Uh, like, and and it's kind of better moments like it it does like it doesn't shy away from like things like i i mean i've not read too much into this in a long time but like i had heard that like after essentially making homosexuality illegal in russia like that isn't where it ended for them like
2: they actually started killing homosexuals in russia like Um, last year so there there were um reports coming out of chechnya um that you know, is like a semi autonomous region mm-hmm. um that there were um like essentially rounding up uh, gay people and throw, throwing them off of buildings mm. was what was Which the, is it, fucked Oh of course it, of course it is but we're not we're not really talking about whether or not Russia is a mess right now because it yeah. is it's a horrible mess but like what but we're, but, yeah. but we're talking about whether or not this film handles that well and you're well, saying that it doesn't
1: I, I, like it doesn't handle it amazingly poorly it just doesn't not, doesn't have as much, it insightful. doesn't have as much weight to it yeah, as it yeah. should do, uh, but like it doesn't shy away from that stuff though. Because like at one point during her training, like uh, they're kind of just seeing like loads of different examples of stuff, and like you know the the instructor will be like, "What does this person want? What's their motivation? Like what what is the kind of missing link to their kind of thing that will get them to talk?" And uh, at one point you see somebody, and uh, one of the classmates says he looks like a degenerate, and the instructor's like, "What do you mean by that? A homosexual?" And she's like, "Yeah." Like just hearing like homosexuals being referred to as degenerates for no other reason other than that they're gay, mm. it's like and fucking like that is like fucking nails in a fucking chalkboard in mm. this this day and age yeah, yeah. for anybody in a fucking civilized country. And it, but
2: it also is very pointed towards the kind of modern paranoia of Russia because that's not something that. Russia was especially any better or worse than yeah, yeah. anywhere else uh, back in the first Cold Cold War, for lack of a better term. But part of the kind of paranoia and the part of the way Russia is asserting itself, Putin's doing it these days, is to his cult of personality um, stems from a lot of um, teachings of we need to get back to tradition and we need to get back to traditional morality and all that kind of stuff. And, and wrapped up in that is a, a kind of really hard bang in the drum of like traditional Russian Orthodox church yeah. morality um and hence why you know like putin's like one of the reasons the homosexuality thing probably came in in russia isn't so much because he expect putin especially cares it's because he is as a useful tool for him to s- like bang the drum with you yeah. know um and and obvious, and that's a very recent thing and that's where as you say the film probably is a bit more accurate these days compared to what it the same story would be told thirty years ago. Yeah. It? I, it's but, just it's just the it, is, though, though. Yeah,
1: yeah so. it, it, it's, that's that really is the only thing that really sets it apart because, like, as I said, like whenever you see an espionage movie of this kind, like especially one as slow paced as this, like. They are normally kind of set in the past, like *Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy* or whatever. Mm-hmm. Atomic you
2: know, Blonde is the first one that came to my mind. Do you guys see *Atomic Blonde*? No. It's actually it's actually pretty good. Was well, that not
1: like a proper action movie though? Yeah,
2: well that's the thing. But the only reason I bring it up is because when I first seen this, it immediately put me in mind of it because it is a very Cold War s type plot. I like you guys. I assumed that *Red Sparrow* would have been set back in about the eighties, which is mm-hmm. when *Atomic Blonde* is. Uh, and obviously it's got a female spy protagonist as well but it sounds like after that they diverge yeah, significantly *Totally right. like, Blonde we didn't we obviously haven't talked about that but it's actually a pretty decent film yeah also also it also
1: seems like really weird like the timing of it the time scale of the movie where like she injures her leg and then it jumps three months later like but the time she injures her leg you see like the Joe Edg- 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 Edgerton ah, <laughs> the Joe Edgerton part of the story also kind of starts off uh, like it just jumps three months later because like obviously she needs time to recover for her injury mm. but like the fallout for what happened to him is is, is as if that's only just occurring. Mm. It's like why would they wait three and a half months in order to fucking pick up his part of this? And then like mm. from there it kinda their stories kinda merge together in a a way that just feels really forced because like she only becomes a sparrow and then gets assigned to like essentially try and you know, get information from him over the course of three months, so she only had three months training and it's like, everything about the, the kind of trailer made it look like she was like some kind of you know, super elite operative and stuff, that's like the impression you get from these things and she isn't, she just hmm. you know, stumbles through stuff and like, I don't know it was just It's just like, a, a bit clumsy
2: this film, yeah, man, the sounds of yeah. things it, in uh-huh. all sorts of different ways I'm,
1: I'm surprised to hear it was the guy who directed Hunger Games though man, because this is quite graphic in points uh, like again though, like it it doesn't feel earned it just feels cheap it's just like a we want this to shock audiences mm. so what's the gimmick that the killer does this time you right. know uh, in this case it's a, a very well actually I won't spoil it yeah, yeah but yeah. i i mean it's not a terrible movie it's it's watchable mm. but like yeah it's not it's not fast paced so don't expect that like this yeah. is like a total Sunday morning effort, like you know, you see it on a streaming site, and you know, Aye, you don't like, have anything yeah. else to do for the next couple of hours, so you yeah, might not stick it on no, that's fine,
0: okay. Well, that about does it for this episode, gentlemen. Um, I thought it went really well for the first one back, uh, first one of 2018 as well. So, hopefully, we'll Happy this, new year, yeah, happy new <laughs> year. Um, so hopefully we'll keep this as a regular occurrence uh, Craig is based in London but I'm sure he'll be on again sometime thanks very much for coming on Craig thanks for having me back no bother and Paco pleasure as always Yeah, you're welcome I know don't know why I'm saying that you know we live together so I'll see you like this. anyway but um, join us again hopefully next week or the next coming weeks uh, for next episode of wraps in the Kitchen